0: Hello everyone, this is Fiona, host and regular GM for What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast. I have something a little bit different for you today to tie us over to the next one-shot. I am delighted to say today's sponsored episode comes from Realms of Peril and Glory, an all-new actual play podcast from the Light and Tragic Company. Each season of RPG is a new story told collaboratively at the table, using a different RPG system. Their first season, Veal, is a five-part epic mystery thriller set in New Arbor, city of magic, monsters, and machines. This hilarious and heartfelt season is now out and ready for binging, and I'm delighted to host the first episode of that series on this channel for a short period of time. I am a big fan of finding out about other role-playing systems and discovering what stories can be created using them, and Realms of Parallel Glory does just that. For Veal, they use the Thirteenth Age system which is a D20 fantasy RPG published by Pelgrade Press. And I think they did a cracking job with it. The show is also sound designed to reflect the players' voices and features a custom score that brings listeners straight into the action. Realms of Peril and Glory can be found at our custom link, www.lightandtragic.com forward slash WAIR and anywhere you listen to podcasts. So please, please, please go and check them out. That's all for now. Thanks once again for listening. Stay safe and I will see you next time. Realms
1: of Peril and Glory will begin after these short messages. We'd like to thank our patrons, Allie Hilton, Kevin Donnelly, and Abby Cole, for their support in making this series possible. If you'd like to join them and get ad-free listening, exclusive shows, behind-the-scenes access, and more, head on over to patreon.com lightandtragic. Welcome one and welcome all to the very first episode of Realms of Peril and Glory. Welcome! It is so wonderful to have you here. My name is Zachary Fortiscombe and I will be your Game Master. Joining me is James Barbarossa.
2: Hi, I'm James and I'll be playing the voices of everybody that isn't the players that you're going to hear now or a random soldier.
3: And playing with us is Maddie Searle. Hi, I'm Maddie, and I am playing Isadora Ravenwood, who is a first level half elf necromancer.
1: I'm also here with Elizabeth Campbell. Hello, I am playing the second
4: level orc rogue Zongroth Graal Shack.
5: Pip Gladwin. Hi, uh, I'm Pip Gladwin. Uh, I'm playing Tor Brennan, the uh, first level dwarf paladin. And also Laura Gerling.
6: Hello, I'm Laura and I'm going to be playing um, the level one high elf bard, uh, Meredith Winvir.
1: Amazing. Thank you very much, guys. So we are going to be playing a game called 13th Age, which is a D20 fantasy. TRPG designed by Rob Heinzu, lead designer on D and Fourth Edition, and Jonathan Tweet, designer on D and Third Edition, and it's published by Pelgrane Press. If you want to check out the game system yourself, please go to the podcast description for a link to the Pelgrane Press website. We are also going to be playing in a setting of my own design called Vale. Vale is a world of magic, monsters, and fantasy. In the millennium after a great social regression away from magic, the world is beginning to recover and peace has reigned for the longest time in the world's history. We'll be journeying through the city of New Harbor, the social and industrial metropolis of the Imperial Commonwealth. So, is everyone ready? Yes. Yeah. Ready. Yes. And let's get started. You are gliding through burned and blackened streets. The city reeks with the acrid stench of decay. A great haze washes the bright day to a faint gray. This is New Harbor, but not like you've seen it. The once bustling metropolis, home to every species on Vail, lays decimated. You make your way through the wide ways and the narrow alleys. The life that once filled this city has been extinguished. Your home lies bare, devoid of anything and anyone. The hairs on the back of your neck stand on end as a great rumble runs through the city. As you turn, your eyes are drawn upwards. Dark clouds are consuming the sky and from them a violent flash. Wicked winds hurtle through the city. Doors fly from their hinges, and trees are uprooted. Buildings collapse as the city is finally consumed. With a pitch scream, your eyes shoot open. Zongroth, Meredith, Torbrennan, and Isadora, you feel your hearts racing in your chest, the anxiety of your dream breaking to the bright sun of a new day in the city. You each race to the nearest window, checking to see if it had truly been a dream, and with a sigh of relief, you find the city unharmed. Zongroff. You see the familiar streets of the Ivy Lanes, covered in merchants trying to disassemble the mischief of students from the night past. And in the distance, Harbour Park and the hulking figure of Justice Hall, home to the New Harbour Watch. Meredith. You see dense buildings, narrow alleyways, and the familiar gray color of the ash lanes. Nothing has changed in the labyrinthian alleys that duck and weave through and into one another. If you crane your neck hard enough, you can just make out the flags of the Elven Dominion, the Imperial Commonwealth, and the Iron Brotherhood atop the grand mass of ships preparing to set sail across Vale. Tor Brennan, you see these ships as well though they are much closer. In Old Harbor, the sea laps at the shore and up against the original village out of which the city bloomed. Now, of course, built up and made into lavish homes for those old families of the city. From your small room, you breathe a small sigh of relief. Isadora, outside your window, you see the sprawling green gardens that cover the campus of Athril. The Academy of the Arcane sits in the center of the city, the jewel of New Harbor. You see people zigzagging across the grounds, making their way into the day's classes. From behind you, you hear the voice of your roommate,
2: Emily Potts. What's wrong with you? What are you doing?
3: Um, I, sorry, I just, <laughs> I had a weird dream. Uh, it was probably nothing. It's, it's probably fine. Anyway. Uh...
2: Oh, good. Uh, you know, people love it when you tell them about your dreams. You should do that at parties. Really? Oh, yeah, really good people tip. are super into it. Ah. Every time you meet a new person, just tell them some dreams you had. They're so, doesn't matter how boring, it's fascinating.
3: Oh my goodness, that is such a good tip. I will definitely use that. And actually, yeah. I was going to ask you, are you going to be at lunch later?
2: Yeah, I mean, I might be, um, but uh, if I'm being honest, I'm kind of busy. I got. A lot of <clears throat> to do, and you know, it's oh, a it's okay. a packed day for me, actually. oh
3: uh, yeah, I yeah, I understand. Yeah, it's like it's like this school is super like prestigious, and you have to be like constantly keeping on top of all your yeah. work and all that stuff. So yeah, I, I understand. Oh cool. okay. yeah, you maybe so another you time. Get
2: it. So you get it.
1: That's good. Through the letterbox in the door flies a little paper airplane, which makes its way over to you and unfurls itself in your outstretched hands, Isadora. It's a note from Professor Erag asking for you to join her in the quad.
3: Oh, nice. Um, Sorry, I, I need to run, but um, I'm sure that I'll bump into you later. Um, oh. Hope you have a good day. Don't, uh, don't yeah, worry
2: you if you don't. Don't worry if you don't.
3: Okay, okay, cool. No worries. See you later.
1: You move through the tight corridors
2: of Athril as students move every
1: which way around you. And you notice that everyone is giving you more space than they are the others. It seems as though the students are slightly wary of you, even without consciously knowing it.
3: Hey, guys. How how you doing? It's, it's a nice day, isn't it? Yeah, it's really nice. Everyone cool.
1: mumbles and looks down away from you. A couple people meet your eye and give you a, small smile, Um, but as you go, you shoot down the spiraled staircase and out into the grassy quad that acts as the thoroughfare for students moving between the buildings. At the base of a large tree examining its roots and mumbling something to fauna is an orc, umber and orange with slim tusks that only just poke out of the corner of their mouths.
2: This is Professor Urog. Hi, Professor. Ah, Isadora, I'm glad that you got my note.
3: Yes, yes, uh, what would you like to talk to me about?
2: Oh, well, I was just going to invite you to the uh, prayer event for Kinris at the Church of Rose this evening. You know, I'm sure everyone would appreciate it if you were there.
3: Oh, um, I, yeah, of course, I, I'd be happy to. It's just that, um, even though I obviously, like, worship Roz, like, my medallion and everything, like, everyone can see, but, uh, I've never actually yes. been to a proper service before. I, the whole organized religion thing is kind of a mystery to me, so is there anything I should know?
2: I wouldn't worry about it. There's nothing organized. It's just in honor of uh, Miss Dorai, uh, who, as you know, was missing recently, uh, I wouldn't okay. worry too much about that. Oh, by the way, um, I know you—you uh, you appreciate uh, the more interesting parts of uh, herbology. Um, I found these uh, nightcap mushrooms for you.
3: Oh, thank you! Oh, these are brilliant! Oh, I can't wait to—I can't wait to like, use them in my potions and stuff. That's so cool! Yeah, thank you.
2: I wouldn't um, consume them unless you particularly need to be. Uh, unconscious.
3: <laughs> okay, that's that's a good tip. I'll, I'll remember that. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Isadora, for a moment, you are jolted back into that dream. Only for a moment. Light and sound flashes past you, and you get the distinct image of a room, tall and wooden, and a contraption. A clock counts down. Three, two, one, bang! Fire engulfs you before you are slammed back into the grassy quinoa. Nothing seeming to have changed.
3: Uh, did, yeah. did, Isadora, you're your well. Did, did, did you see that? There was... There was uh, an explosion? I, I'm sorry. I,
2: uh, I, I saw I, nothing. Is it all? Are you, are you are you okay? You have not been consuming any mushrooms of your own, have n- you? <laughs> no,
3: not well, not not in the past week. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I tried a couple, but at, at, at the moment, no. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I had a weird dream, and I've been told that it's it's cool to tell people about your dreams, uh, but I
2: I, uh, I I would be careful, particularly someone with your magic powers, uh, you know, I am, I think you should foster what gift you have, but you should remember that, um, visions of a magical nature may come dangerously close to predicting the future, which, as you know, is very illegal.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um.
2: But wh- I'm sure wh- they just, they are just dreams.
3: Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's it's probably fine. Um, anyway, uh, what what time would you like me to be at the uh, at the service?
2: Uh, if you just uh, come this evening, and um, we we will get everyone settled down, and we will begin then.
3: All right. All right. Thank you
1: and briskly walking past you, bumping into you and coming out the other way is a young high elf. This is Meredith Winver who then runs out and into the streets of the Ivy Lanes where you see the magnificent stone buildings of the many universities that inhabit this borough. You see advertisements, billboards, signs, stands, and more asking for your vote in the upcoming Harbour election, and you see names like Marcus Satchwell, Moira Langford, and Fenless Littlefoot all promising you something different. It's Donna Day the 16th of Fryhosh, one month since you arrived in the city and moved in with your boyfriend, Ash Aspen. With a great lurch in your stomach as you're walking, you see the world moves around you and changes. You see a hand, a strange symbol inked into it, a half-circle running along a horizontal line. Beyond those hands, you see the great hands of the New Harbor Grand Clock Tower deafening door, bursting in an explosion that engulfs everything, and with a final great lurch, you are back on the streets of the Ivy Lanes. You
6: realize you're late for work. Oh, God, too much coffee this morning. Right, okay, I'm gonna just keep dashing to work, I guess.
1: (laughs) Great, as you make it through the streets of the Ivy Lanes, you finally make it to a place called Cafe Pirelli, and you walk in the door. Café Pirelli looks like a place you might find in the ash lanes, actually. Run down with bare-exposed walls, wooden furniture worn down over time, and a staff consisting of beleaguered and disheveled employees, altogether the place has the charming aura of somewhere that is just getting by, but thriving nonetheless. That is, of course, until you look a little closer and notice that the brick wall is exposed on purpose and with tasteful spackling. <laughs> the wooden furniture has not been worn down by decades of use, but by clever worksman's tricks. And naturally, the staff were not beleaguered because of destitution, but because of the latest trend diet, which had them running on mostly coffee and watercress. To the trained eye, this was merely the illusion of struggle. Or, as the owner and your boss, Lorenzo Pirelli, so crassly exclaimed, poverty chic. Lorenzo was a gnome whose biology you were sure consisted of two things ignorance and hair grace.
2: Hey, uh, Meredith, you're late for work. Come on, what are you doing?
6: Oh, sorry, Lorenzo. Just having one of those, like, oh, you know those mornings and, like, you have these weird caffeine dreams and I think it's the watercress as well that's kind of getting to me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a but.
2: lot of people are on the watercress these days. Not, not mm. sure not sure what the, the appeal is myself, but whatever. No, uh, just get behind the bar. It's fine. Just get behind the bar. Don't worry about it. Okay, okay. Oh, uh, hey, uh, uh, by the way, there's uh, bookings for the open mic night. They're open. I, I, I know you wanted to spat.
6: Oh, yeah, oh, that'd be great. I'd yeah, love yeah, that. Yeah, I'll put you down. I'll put really you down. Really
1: keen. Thank you. And he lets you know that open mic night will be tomorrow on Fam's Day, the 17th of Fryhosh. So you get behind the bar and you start serving customers. You get through one or two customers eager to get their morning coffee. And the next customer up is a high elf, a student. And actually, you recognize him.
2: Meredith, hello. It's it's me, it's Tarvin from school.
6: Tarvin, it's so good to see you. What are you doing around here? I'm
2: so glad to see you here. It's just great. You're working here now.
6: Yeah, so basically, I've I've come out this way. Um, I kind of, you know, yeah. I was I was at school, things were fine, and then I yeah. was just thinking, like, you know what? Uh-huh. Screw it, screw it. I'm done with this. Yeah. I'm in love. I need to move. Yeah. I I need to start fresh. Uh-huh. So I'm here. I'm. Yeah. I've got my viola. Uh, I'm gonna kickstart my career. It's yeah. all going really well. What are you doing around here? Love
2: it. Um, no, I am actually. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm I. Saw you were working and I thought I'd come in, darling. You know, it's just, uh, I don't know. I've really been in the market for um, open mic nights, you know, like I, I don't yeah. know if you know any of those uh, going around, darling.
6: You know, actually, yeah, we've we've got one happening here tomorrow. Um, I'm I'm playing, so I'd I'd love it Uh, if you could be there. Yeah,
2: I'm so glad that you, my best friend, Meredith, (laughs) invited me. You know, I feel like we got on so well at school. You know, I feel like we did.
6: We did. I miss the good old days. You were the rebellious
2: youngster, and I was somewhere else. I'm sure.
6: I mean, you you taught me everything I know, let's be honest.
2: Sure. I didn't teach you everything I know, but I'm sure I taught you everything you know.
6: (laughs) And he orders his
1: coffee and and very succinctly moves off thanking you for the invitation. Uh, Next up is an orc. It is an orc dressed in the uniform of the Harbor Guard. Uh, this is Zongrof Gralschak here to get her morning coffee before she goes on to Justice Hall for her first early morning meeting.
6: Hi, welcome to Cafe Pirelli. What can I get you? Um,
4: hi, just, uh, just coffee, just black okay. coffee, please.
6: We've started serving this new thing here called the Winver Whip. Um, it's actually my specialty. Um, are you interested in trying one of those? Uh, not, no, not today. Just, just like, just like a, a cup of black coffee. Just. No problem. I've got it. Cool. And I'll, uh, make her her black coffee.
1: Amazing. So as your coffee is being made, uh, Zongroth, um, you notice that there's a, a bird person that you recognize, uh, a bird folk, uh, in the colors of a peacock, and you remember, oh,
4: yes. This is Oksana Lucia. Yeah. I, uh, I give a kind of half half wave, half smile in her direction. Oh, uh, uh, oh. uh, a Gralschak, uh, it, it's Oksana
2: Lucia for the Harbour Tribune.
4: Yep, no, uh, yeah, I saw you, uh,
2: good, good morning. Yeah, um, if I might ask, I hear you on a, a big case.
4: Uh, right now I'm, I'm just getting coffee, that's, well, that's, uh, that's my
2: case for the morning. I don't know, I mean, pe- <laughs> I heard people are going missing, right? This is a big case for you, isn't it, for a junior officer?
4: Well, you know, we uh, we do what we can, uh, but again, just really just here for for the coffee.
2: Uh, I noticed <laughs> that Detective Ironbone isn't yeah. handling this. Is he also missing, or is this just police negligence?
4: I uh, look. I, I'm not trying to be rude. Uh, I just, you know, if you want if you want to do this, maybe we can do this, you know, at the station somewhere a bit more formal. I'm really, I really can't stress how much I just like the coffee right now, and if, get that. Growl Shack,
1: I've got a black coffee for a Growl Shack.
2: I snatch it and try and move out. Officer Growl Shack, doesn't the public have a right to know if they're in danger?
4: You have a nice morning.
2: Is this related to the Rapscallions?
1: I heard their kid went missing in the Ash Lane. Zongroff, you make your way out of Cafe Pirelli, attempting to avoid eye contact with any of the politicians smiling down at you from the posters, flashing with arcane lights, and nevertheless, you catch the eye of a friendly-looking dwarven woman claiming she will be a regent for all of the city, and next to her, you see the tusky grin of the Sunset Lanes counselor for three terms running your big sister, Vilskrat growl shock.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean it's a good photo. I'm not gonna lie, it's a good <laughs> photo. <laughs> with a sudden
1: rush, the you were not anticipated. the floor falls out from under you, and you tumble through black. You feel yourself collide with something hard and wooden. around you. You are and the huge machinations of gears and cogs all working together as one. Then you hear it again, different this time. Tick 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 tick. Of a different machine now. The ticks and the tocks transforming together into a symphony of automation until tick tick, tick 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 boom. You are slammed back to the streets. Your sister watching you. And you spill your coffee.
4: Damn it. Ugh. Ugh, right, that G- reporter it's getting in my head, just, ugh. I just kind of wipe the coffee off my uniform as best I can and just, just try and make my way to the meeting.
1: Great. So you walk through the streets of the Ivy Lanes, zigging and zagging in between the different churches and universities spaces until finally you get to Harbor Park and you walk up the stairs. You arrive at Justice Hall, a gargantuan fortress that calls itself the home of the New Harbor Guard. You mount the marble steps, pass by the columns that guard the entrance, and emerge into the atrium, a sprawling room jam-packed with people of all shapes and sizes moving in every conceivable direction. Before you can make it to the spiraling staircase towards your meeting, a young wood elf, Officer Pine Silver, approaches you.
2: Oh, uh, uh Sergeant Grelshake, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt your coffee there. Constable Constable Silver? Y- yeah, of course. Hi, Silver.
4: How are you doing today?
2: Oh, oh yeah, you know, I, I, I'm doing well. Uh, uh my, my dad yelled at me again, but that's, uh, that's probably too much information.
4: That's all right. You know, I've always said that, uh, you know, there's not enough sharing in the workplace anyway, yeah. so, you know... Yeah, you feel free. You feel free, do that. No, he just
2: kind of says that I'm sort of an underfoot figure, and it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable, but, you know, I try, you know, standard stuff.
4: Yeah, that sucks.
2: Yeah, I've actually been looking for a a more senior officer to sort of take me under their wing, you know, kind of like a parental figure of some some kind, maybe.
4: Oh. I mean, that sounds really good. I hope you find them...
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, Actually, uh, I have an old, uh, sorry, there's uh, business. I actually have an old uh, human lady in to see you. Uh, uh, She's got some info on
4: Detective Ironbone, apparently. Uh, Yeah, okay. Um, Yeah, just, uh, look, send her in to me as as soon as I can see her, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I'll I'll, I'll get around to it.
1: Uh, As he goes to go speak with her, another man approaches you, a human this time, and you recognize this as Chief Venable
2: the Chief of the Harbor Guard. Oh, there you are, Sergeant. I was wondering where you'd got to. We got that meeting with Moira Langford now.
4: Uh, yes, Chief, um, just, just, right there. Sorry, I was just talking to, uh, to Silver. Yeah, no, uh, on my way.
2: Yeah, don't worry about it. He'll handle it. Look, come with me. Uh, I, I follow So, Langford's a bigwig. Uh, like it or not, since your superior Iron Bones gone walkabout, you're on the missing persons case. Um... And sometimes, moving from being a beat cop to somebody on a on a bigger case uh, means being in charge, and being in charge means explaining what you're up to to bigwigs who don't really know what they're talking about.
4: Right. I just… I, I mean, I, I look, Ironbone was really good at the public relations stuff. I just… I've look, I've not done this before. I don't… I don't really know what I'm doing. Look, I,
2: I I get that, but… You know, she's not having any more of me, all right? And, and you are the officer on the case. I'm going to need you to put your best foot forward and take point in the meeting. Uh, just try and pacify her so she doesn't start making a splash. We can't have information leaking to the public when we're trying to, you know, get the drop on the crims. Yeah.
4: All right, all right. Yeah, of course. Yes, yes, Chief. Yes, Chief.
2: Yeah, I'd appreciate that. I know this is all new to you, but um, I'm sure you can handle it. Uh,
1: right. As they continue their conversation, we are floating upstairs into the meeting room where they are headed. And we see sat at the table round is a human woman. Looks as like uh, this Moira Langford, perhaps. And next to her is a wood elf. She is clad in the armor of a hero, it looks like. And next to her is a dwarf a young dwarf by the looks of things. With a fanciful moustache, this is Tor Brennan. Just Tor Brennan.
2: Tor Brennan, we want to affirm ourselves to the Watch as part of this investigation, and I want you to be the one to step up and join the Watch Officer in charge. Right, yes, uh, uh,
5: that, that I can do, that I can do. Never, never really saw myself working with the guardsmen though um,
2: no well uh, this is the situation that uh, Langford's hired us to do but I think an up and coming young blood like you is, is perfect and, and honestly I believe in you I think you'll do us proud uh, earn your name and prove the honour of the blades thank you Rose I will uh, I will not let you down I'm sure you won't
1: The door opens, and you see the lithe figure of one Theo Venable. He is dressed like a beat cop and wearing the expression of a man who would rather be having several of his most valuable teeth removed than here. You'd been told that this is the Chief of the Watch, the most senior officer there is in the city. And behind him strides an orc wearing the watch seal.
2: Yeah, uh, morning, everyone. This is Officer Gralshack. Uh,
4: Hello, um, thank you for coming. Uh, C- Candidate Langford, it's, uh, it's ni- nice to meet you properly.
2: Um, yes.
5: Uh, uh, may I uh, introduce myself and, uh, uh, my superior? Uh, this is Rose the Swift of the Blades of Valorous. I, myself, am Tor Brennan, uh, simply Tor Brennan for now. Uh, it is a pleasure to be here and, uh, uh, quite a pleasure to meet, uh, all of you. Um, uh, 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 Mr. Uh, uh, Venable, you you must be. Um, Yeah, that's right. And uh, I I do not believe I've had the pleasure. Uh, Uh, mm, Not you, not you
2: specifically, but I know we've met a fair few of your kind.
5: Yeah, well, good.
4: Sergeant Gralshack, I'm uh, taking over the missing persons case.
5: Ah, yes. Uh, Wonderful. I I, uh, I hear we will be uh, uh, working closely together.
4: Right, because you're a here. Blade of,
5: a blade of valorous. Uh,
4: oh, yes. right. I, I look at the chief, um, kind of.
2: A bunch bunch of bloody vigilantes, uh, but they're they've been they've been hired for the case. That's just what that's just that's just what we're dealing with
4: today. Is this Langford's doing?
2: Yeah. Um. Seems like she doesn't. Really feel like we're pulling our weight on this one. Yeah. Well, look, she's rich. She's got the money. She can hire <clears throat> private security.
4: <sighs> right. Yeah. This- uh, well, it's it's lovely to meet you, um <clears throat> Bredin and uh, Miss The Swift.
2: Uh, yeah. You you can call me
4: Rose. Ah, very nice, uh, Rose Zongroff Yes. Good. All getting along. Wonderful. Right. Well, I Good. think it's probably time
2: that we actually get down to business here. No less than seven people have gone missing recently, including my own grandfather, who is a very prominent member of this city's elite.
4: Yes. Um. Yes. Thank you, uh, candidate. I, I assure you that uh, the Harbour Guard is doing everything in our power to... Uh, to find what's going on and to uh, assist n- all the families of uh, the people who've gone missing.
2: Well, I'd hope so, given that one of your own has gone missing as well—one of your captains. But uh, I-, I would have thought you'd have made more—you'd had more leads by now.
4: Well, um, uh, of course, you know, uh, just because not all the information's been made public doesn't mean that uh, there's not many, many leads that are being considered by the guard. Well.
2: Perhaps we ought to make a fair bit more of it public. I feel like the public has the right to know, and maybe if we outsource this, we might get a little, might get any information. Well,
4: I see we, we have certainly outsourced some of it. I look directly at Tor Brennan. Well,
5: now, if I may, uh, 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 uh Madam Candidate, uh... Yes, go ahead. Whilst the people do uh, deserve to know what is happening, it would not do to cause a panic. Uh, amongst the citizenry, until we fully understand the scope of what is happening here, um, I would say that um, the guard, it would seem, has been doing everything within its power to uh, to uh, take care of this of this issue. Um, but uh, perhaps, all respect, uh, perhaps the guard's power is not necessarily sufficient. Which is why you have hired us, and here we are. So I say, why are we wasting time around here? Let's go and get to the bottom of this thing.
2: I certainly feel that they have been rather insufficient in solving this case on their own, which is why I have taken the liberty of hiring you, Honorable Sir Dwarf, and the Blades of Valorous, to assist the Watch in their
4: work, out of my own personal funds, might I add. (sighs) Yes, well, um, of course, that is that is your prerogative to do that, uh, candidate.
2: I'm sorry, I'm willing to keep this under wraps for the moment, just for your own sake. I respect your reasoning, but honestly, I, you know, I have a duty of public opinion are. my hands are tied
4: yes well and uh, we have a duty of public safety and so- sometimes sometimes things need to be kept quiet while things are being investigated and i t- Zongroff is just kind of tapping a pen nervously
2: well i feel that getting this sorted is the best route for public safety. And I think that if letting that out of the bag is the best way to do that, then that's the route we should take. But for the moment, I will permit you and the Blades here to work together to sort this out.
5: Now, if there is some sort of shadowy wrongdoer behind these disappearances, it would not do to immediately let them know that... We are on the case perhaps a level of uh, subtlety is um, is what we need here and uh, believe you me I, uh, I know a thing or two about subtlety um, and uh, uh, yeah I, I will stand gleaming. <laughs> <laughs>
1: A light that should not exist in this room twinkles off of your armor. I audibly clank
5: as I stand up.
4: I, I wipe coffee <laughs> off of my armor. Is
5: there a, is there a skylight in
2: this room? I...
1: Tor Brennan, one moment you are stood looking rather dashing in this room, and the next you are flying through inky black. Your entire being is hurtled until finally you land, touching down on the cobbled streets you've come to associate with New Newhart. Everything is covered in a haze, obscuring the buildings and people around you. Through the haze, you can hear distant screams. You walk forward and through the haze emerges a huge mass on the ground. As you get closer, you see the face of an enormous clock, the metal twisted and contorted, there are deep gashes in the ground where you think the clock face must have landed. You feel a tug behind your belly button, and the last thing you make out before you are yanked away are the hands, one towards 11, and the other towards 4. In an instant, you are dropped back into Justice Hall, stumbling and falling to the ground, looking less dashing than a moment previously.
2: Oh, man, you okay? I told Brenna, i you're Ugh. doing fine.
5: Mm. Yes, uh, uh, something in my eye. Um, uh, terribly sorry. Um, uh, I, I, I shall, I shall, I shall, I shall sort myself out, and then uh, you and I, uh, Sergeant, uh, we shall get on the case. <laughs> Rose, a moment. Um, yes. And uh, <laughs> for
1: one second, uh, Zongraf, could you roll me Wisdom, please? Uh, uh, perception check, specifically.
4: Uh, yes.
1: First roll of the
4: game. Uh, Can I add my police style perception to this? Please
1: do. Please do. Um,
4: Well, that's a natural 19 to start with. So that's a
1: 25. Wonderful. Zongroff, you recognize what just happened to Dor Brennan. Right. You feel that's familiar to what just happened to you in the streets.
4: Right. Well, um, good. Uh, it'll, it'll be nice to have uh, some support. Um, I, I try to smile at Tor Brennan as he's uh, trying to so get so Rose's eye. I smile and I'm yes.
5: just sort of trying to take Rose out of the room for a second. Great.
1: Uh, Rose, you are led out of the room by Tor Brennan as you speak out in the hallway for a Tor, moment. Tor Brennan, what, what was it?
5: Um,. Okay so never happened to me before uh, you know when you know people get visions of like the future uh yes. you know in all the stories there's always a there's always a vision of the, of the future some some terrible portent and then and then the hero has to has to go and solve it and fix i just had one of those I not come following you. Just had one. There was a clock, and it was a lot of smoke, and I think something was on fire. And there was an eleven and a four, uh, but I couldn't. Remember, I don't remember which of the hands were on the eleven or the four. That's going to come into play. That's going to be, oh, that time very important to everything that's
2: about to happen. Um, yes, that sounds like particular de- particular details that you you should maybe I just uh, be jotting down
5: okay good good I'm, I mean you know genuinely I, I honestly thought you might have been more skeptical um, so uh,
2: just... well uh, it it sounds like it, maybe this is something to do with your future here and your part in this in this quest well
5: I, I mean I mean that yes uh, I would I'm...
2: say maybe don't let it Get in the way or let the watch notice that maybe you're, you know, falling over and seeing things?
5: Well, okay, sure. Um, I mean, you know, I I fell over a little bit. That's fine.
2: Um, He went right over. All right. Just Um, fled on the floor. Okay. It was embarrassing, honestly. I'm, you know. no, you're right. You're right. I mean, Torrhen, um, I I believe in you, and, and and I know you can handle this. But uh, I think some level of decorum would be important.
5: So not just rush at it headfirst, then. Well,
2: I wouldn't say that. I mean, that, that is that's your biggest strength. That is my biggest strength. Yeah, you got the momentum. <laughs> mm. You know, mm, mm. not fast,
5: but once I get going, hard to stop.
2: Um, yeah. It's an unstoppable force movable object kind of situation.
5: Well, okay. This is a lot to, to to process. Um I think I'm just gonna carry on with whatever just just we'll 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 sort out this missing persons thing. And you know and you know what? You know what? I guarantee this whole clock thing and people disappearing, and this whole missing persons thing, oh they're connected. Oh, they're are always connected. They're always uh, yes. always connected.
2: All always connected. You can you can always you can always trust those dreams. <laughs> the door opens and Moira Langford steps out. Ah, um I hope you I hope you're both well. Um look, I um I wish you like luck, youngster dwarf. Um I know that hiring the blades for this was the smartest thing I could have done, and I I, I hope between you and me that, uh, that the blades may add some import, some speed to this uh, proceedings.
5: I think we can be trusted to uh, add some speed to the proceedings, certainly. Marvelous.
2: Well, best of luck to you.
1: And Moira Langford steps away. Uh,
2: I believe in you, Brennan, and I'm sure that whatever it is you're seeing, it's going to lead you in the right direction. I'm going to go and join uh, Moira. Uh,
5: yes. Um, perhaps mention it to Elias if you see him before I do. You know, he's the... He's the longest-standing member of the Blades. I mean, he must have experienced something like this before.
2: Uh, I'll bear that in mind. Um, I'll bear that in mind. You're representing us now to Brennan, then. I think you'll do a great job. Thank you, Rose. Uh, Good luck.
5: And you too. And I'll, I'll, I'll big warriors Clasp handshake her.
1: Are you saying you're gonna predator handshake? No, no, I'm not predator.
5: Not. One of these. Okay. The forearms.
1: Great, okay, four forearm handshake. Wonderful. Yes, you both shake each other's hands very, very strongly, very warrior like.
2: Dap each other up.
1: And um Rose breaks away and heads back following Moira. And you see Chief Venable also exits the room with a nod
5: to you. Wishing you mm-hmm. luck and uh, walks away as well. I will, if he nods at me, I'll give him an ostentatious bow that I'm certain will irritate him.
1: Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> roll, can you do me a favor? Yes. Roll me a dex check. <laughs> yeah, I
5: fall over <laughs> with the again. background. Uh, sure. A traditional blade of valorous ostentatious greeting. Uh, uh, oh man, that's vast. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. That's like 24. Describe to me how you bow. <laughs> um, uh, in the time it sort of takes him to turn slowly and do a little, you know, an acknowledgement nod, uh, I have thrown my right arm out to the side, uh, placed my left hand sort of on, in the middle of my chest, uh, stepped back with my right leg bending. Uh, keeping the left leg straight, and I lower and, and bow uh, and sort of sweep out my blue sort of cloak um, as I do so.
2: Great. Miss Langford, people people like this are, are just a danger walking around the corridors. Are you sure you want this on the quest? Moira just scoffs and walks out. <laughs> and he walks
1: away in turn. Uh, great, so... Zongrath's the only one left in the room, and Tora Brennan, you're
5: outside. So, leads. What have you got? Oh, I take out a little notebook.
4: Right. <laughs> uh, l- look, buddy, I... Mm. Suspects? Leads? <laughs> someone's
5: missing? You know, <sighs> there,
4: there's, there'll be something. Right, look, I, I know... Look, you've been hired here, you're here to do a job, I- I respect that. I just... The vigilante angle, it's not... Yeah, okay. You know what? I- I appreciate the help, I I appreciate- I- I am- I appreciate the help. Um, I, uh, I take out my notebook that I definitely got coffee on this morning. And it's all… the pages are sticking together, and it's just… it's not been a good morning, has it? <sighs> all right. Tor Torbrennan, is it? Yeah? Yes. Look, we got… we got seven missing people now. They've all just disappeared without a goddamn trace in the city. And one of them is Captain Ironbone, who was in charge of this case, until he went missing. Uh, I Look, I was just supposed to be the junior on this. I was just here to help. This is, you know, it was great. I thought this was great. This was like a big case. It gets me gets me off the streets, you know, gets me away from just having to tell kids to stop writing on walls and stuff. I thought, oh, this is exciting. This is going to be a big, big thing that I'm going to have my mentor, my mentor, Captain Ironborn, to help me. And he had all the, all the clues and all the evidence and he was thinking it through and then... Anyway, he disappeared uh, so um, I'm in charge now uh, yeah it's uh it's been four days uh, and I'm in charge now
5: uh I uh, yeah, I'll take a step towards uh, Zongrov. Sergeant, you seem what's the word a little. Stressed, perhaps.
4: Um, I just I mean, I just it's I I don't think I've been sleeping well. Sleep I is think, very important. I think Zongroff kind of remembers for a second. I think she was she was lost for a moment in in the stress of the case, then kind of remembers that. That moment, that flash earlier this morning, and what she just saw with Tor Brennan, and kind of—I don't know—stares at him, trying to trying to suss him out. Shall we, um,
5: as they say, shall we walk and talk? Shall we take to the streets and uh, see what we can dig up, get in a few scrapes? Um, you know, I, 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 I—it's not my. Brand of fiction, normally, but um, but uh, I have been enjoying some uh, some some more uh, you know police procedural uh, uh, novels lately, and I'm I'm excited to to get involved. Uh, so yes, let's let's uh, let's get on the beat. Um, I,
4: th- I think that that moment of kind of curious camaraderie has now immediately waned at the <laughs> suggestion that this guy's <laughs> treating it like a fiction novel. Yeah. Cool. All right. New person on this case.
5: Lead the way, Sergeant.
4: I'm going to cut
1: away for a moment from Torbrennen and uh, Zongrof. Uh, We're going back to the Café Pirelli. The morning rush has ended. Uh, It is uh, 11-ish, a little after 11. People aren't really needing much more coffee anymore. You hear old Lorenzo yelling at you from the back. Hey, May,
2: What are you doing? It's dead here. Take a break. Okay. Spending all my money on
6: nothing. Come on. (laughs) Don't mind if I do.
2: Out the door, you spot a flash of purple,
1: and with a pang of dread, you remember the terror of your dream from last night. You feel relieved as your eyes adjust, and you see that it's merely a half-dark elf dressed in purple as she moves by. You see a flash for a second of her face twisted and contorted in a ghastly scream, and that same shape, a sphere bisected by a horizontal line.
6: Oh, actually Lorenzo, you know what? I think I'm just gonna like take a seat, have a coffee for a moment. I'm not feeling so great.
2: Yeah, do whatever you want, but it's not it's not a it's not a tab, you gotta pay. Oh. I'm not made of money <laughs> oh. here. Come on.
6: No, oh, forget it.
1: <sighs> Into the uh shop walks Isadora.
3: Um, hi, uh I I uh, could I get uh, uh, just a latte please? If you've got any like nice spices or anything, that would be that would be awesome.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, we got some lovely spices here. I guess some spices for you. Yeah, what kind of spices do you have? To? You got, I got some uh, yeah, I got some nice cinnamon. That's a good oh, one. Oh yeah, uh, yes, please, that would be great. Yeah, cinnamon latte. I got it I got it for you, I got it for you. D- don't get up, mate. I Mae. think
3: she needs
6: a wimber
2: Don't get up, mate. What's
6: what's a wimber That sounds awesome. What is it? Oh my goodness! Okay, so it's the best. Not on the menu. So, (laughs) Lorenzo, just just let me make one, and we'll see if she likes it. Look, it's not on the menu. Look. I think I think we can let the
3: customer decide. Yes, yes. Um, I'd I'd, if it's like off menu, that's like special. That would be really cool. Yeah, yeah.
6: It's it's like a it's like an exclusive thing. Oh my god, Um, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So
1: Meredith, roll me charisma check at advantage. Mm
6: Twenty-two.
2: Yeah, me is pretty convinced. Yeah. If I get another one of those incidents, we're gonna have a problem. It's coming out of your pay.
6: I don't know what you're referring to. And then I walk behind the bar, start making the coffee. I did get
2: I did get you to sign that non-disclosure agreement. That's fair. We are pretending that didn't happen.
6: Sure, sure. Meredith,
1: can you roll me a Intelligence check to see if you how well you can make this
6: windveer whip. Oh, I can make it in my sleep.
4: Uh <laughs> oh, maybe
6: not. <laughs> I got a 10. Woof ba it- So um you're struggling
1: to put together. Or the a coffee. 12 with
6: background. Can we say that? 12, 12 with, back with background. background. You're
1: still struggling to put together. <laughs> This coffee, you should be able to make it pretty well. you Spend don't know why really it's a long,
6: confusing morning.
1: <laughs> you keep having these flashes of isadora's face. you keep the flashes of this woman screaming uh, and you remember kind of the horrible vision you had this morning as you were walking into work. It's really throwing you off.
6: Hey, you don't have any like hand tattoos, do you? uh no, I don't actually have any tattoos uh. No, no. I keep. Oh my god! You just ever have those days where you just keep like, things are just weird. Things are just a bit odd. Yeah, actually, I like I had this weird
3: thing earlier when I was meeting up with my with my tutor and like I had this weird flash dream vision thing where everything was exploding and it was all weird and I didn't like it and yeah.
6: Oh my god! Yeah. So like that that big clock that massive clock it's <laughs> it's freaking me out today i just can't even look at it i just start to feel a bit emotional about it you know and i just i keep thinking i keep thinking about like this hand tattoo with with like a half circle and a horizontal line and i'm just like does that mean i need to get a hand tattoo cuz like i've i've not had any tattoos before and i I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of commitment, you know? Like, I don't even know what it means. And it's like, maybe I should do some research into this symbol in case it's, like, offensive or something, because I don't want to go walking around with, like, something horrible on my hand. And then I'm just handing people coffee. And then there's just there's just something offensive there. And no. I mean, I, I don't really understand what
3: you're talking about, but it sounds really tough. Neither do but, I. I. And, and I'm really sorry. I,
2: I am still here, and this sounds insane. <laughs> uh, I'm right here.
6: Do you, do you know what half circles with horizontal lines through them mean, Lorenzo?
2: Half, cir- half circles with horizontal lines.
6: Yeah, is that like a thing?
2: I Is that I like a gang thing? Is that a like a cool thing? I don't think that's a thing. I don't think anybody thinks that's a thing. I think you could tell that to a random customer trying to get comfortable and you'd probably freak him out. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> this kind I of think she is,
6: likes it.
2: Yeah, this kind of stuff is. Uh, People
3: think I'm charming because um, I've done a lot of research into weird arcane stuff. Would I be able to dredge through my memories, see if if that makes any sense to me?
1: Uh, yeah. Roll me. Uh, roll me an intelligence check.
3: Oh Ooh, no, that's an eleven. <laughs>
1: uh, I'm afraid not. Uh, you don't really know of any symbol that represents anything that's a, a half line and a semicircle yep you hear uh all of you in the room you hear the thong dong of deafening door the clock tower in, in the <sighs> distance
2: that thing is so loud
1: and for a brief moment you all remember that dream you had and the vision you had uh, Meredith, can you roll me a perception check, please, with, a, uh, advantage and, uh, background? <laughs> well, that
6: was a natural 1, so that's… Ah, natural 20! <laughs> <Ooh>. Hey!
1: <laughs> there we go, first crit of the game! Nice. Um, okay, natural 20. You feel as though the vision that you had was okay. pointing you towards something. It wanted you to know something, and it didn't feel like any ordinary dream. You also know from what Isadora said, I believe you were talking about your vision, weren't you? You know that you two had the same type of vision, different images, but fundamentally felt the same from what she described.
6: Okay, so, like, I don't mean to freak you out, because, like, I know sometimes I can come off a little bit strong, but, like, I think... I think we might be connected. Oh my god! I
3: mean, I like that. That's really cool. And like, don't worry about coming off strong. I'm like totally, totally up for this. I mean, how do you think we're connected? What, what, what do you think this all means? I mean, so
6: I feel like. I, I, you know, I've been having these visions, and then like I looked at you, and I just kind of got the sense that you've been having these visions as well. And we've been having like the same visions. And I'm like, are we on a wavelength? Are we like in each other's dream space? Are we like, are we like, are we like dream sisters? <gasps> oh my God. I mean, is there a way
3: that we can find out? Like, I think if we both had, like, these really weird days where we've been seeing weird explosions and things, I think it's it's definitely possible. I think so. I, I, I have these, like, really cool professors at school. I could probably ask them. They, they know a about, lot about sort of weird, arcane, magical things. I think things. that would be a
6: good plan, to be honest. I think we should find out. Because, like, I've just... It's this really horrible feeling, you know? Like, I don't know about yours, but it just feels like something bad's gonna happen. Um...
0: And I feel
6: like I should probably kind of be Uh, doing something. I mean, we could go
3: and ask my my professor, Yorog, for help, because um, they they know a lot about, like, um, well, actually, maybe not them. They know a lot about plants. That's probably not useful right now. Anyway. Uh,
6: I mean, yeah, I think there's a time and a place for plants, and I don't think this is the time and the place. But, like, I'd love their tips on some maybe some good plants for interior decorating to be oh. honest like I mean I'm staying in a real grimy place right now so yeah um I think I need some house well, plants if you ever need a, a shopping anyway. buddy I mean this gal right here I'll hit you That'd up be so great <laughs> that would <be> so good <laughs>
3: anyway um yeah visions weird what should we do what what
6: should we do I mean I don't know I kind of feel like Maybe we ought to kind of go investigate this clock, but at the same time, the clock freaks me out and I don't want anything to do with it. So. Yeah,
3: yeah, it. Um, yeah. I remember like something counting down to one and then exploding. And I don't want that to happen to us if we go there, but also we're yeah. probably not going to know what it is unless we go there. And um, I don't know.
6: Did you have any like specific times in your dream? No don't think so no it was just yeah it just counted
3: down and it was a tall room it was made of words that's that's all i remember really
6: well maybe if we go and we just like avoid the time like avoid going on the hour so we're not there when it chimes we'll be okay. safe okay i reckon i think that's a yeah. good plan i think i made a really, that, good, that plan is a really good plan that is mm. a really good plan okay let's do it cool
2: that's amazing, Sweet. you know, and I think uh, for, for when you get dreams, I think what's it's important to do is uh, I've heard that you should uh, always be generous, you know, give out the energy you take in. And I've heard uh, soul Soul dream sisters always tip. That's what I've heard. They always tip.
3: Oh, really? Oh.
2: Yeah, oh. always. It's a, it's like a sow the seeds, you get it back kind of thing. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got okay. a tip jar. I got a tip jar uh, for, for, yeah, for... For May, obviously. For me. May. Yeah. May's. Me. Yeah. yeah.
6: And I did. I did also hear that Soul Dream Sisters do buy each other coffee from time to time. I have and also uh... heard that. Wow.
2: I have also heard that the most expensive one on the menu. I've heard.
3: <gasps> oh, <that laughs> so much. I could learn so much from you. Okay. Right. Let me get my purse and I'll I'll get my purse out and like.
2: fan Tip
3: extremely generously.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Thank this...
6: you so much. You're very
2: welcome. It's uh, five silver pieces for each uh, coffee. Already. Yeah, that's definitely five silver pieces worth of uh, positive energy that's going to go uh, back to you and your uh, your visions or your dreams or your, your your miracle quests or whatever.
3: Oh my goodness, thank you.
1: Isadora, could you roll me an intelligence check, please, with advantage?
3: Certainly. I got a 21. The five silver pieces is, you know, not... not
1: not out of the question for coffee, but it is certainly on the high end of how much
2: one could charge for a cup of coffee. Oh, it is. It's for the, uh, for the Wimford, uh, Wiltshire, uh, uh, uh whip, weep and whip. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's the house special. It's the house special. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, uh, I mean,
6: may. like, this seems like a... Does that mean I can put it on the chalkboard? That
2: means you may absolutely put it on the chalkboard. Ah. For top
6: Thank you so song. much. And then I'm just gonna scroll. No wait. Undoing. I'm, I'm sure there's like some gorgeous calligraphy wait, going on. That's permanent market oh, no. That's permanent market I'm just gonna. Wait. <laughs> I'm just in a messy caffeinated scroll of Ren Winver whip five silver pieces.
3: God damn it. That looks amazing. I'm so excited that I could be here for this moment. This is like a new coffee being created. This is amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm
2: gonna have to get a new chalkboard. Hey, five silvers, five silver, five silvers, five silver.
3: Come on. There you go. Here you go. Right? Let's go see a clock. Cool. Okay. Um, okay. I've got an idea that may or may not be a good idea, and I would love your opinion on it. So, I love hearing ideas. I have this thing I can do. It can sometimes freak people out a bit, and I'm not sure, like, if it's totally necessary, but I would personally feel safer if I did this. So I can create skeletons, and yeah, I can summon this skeletal minion. His name's Horace. He's lovely. Horace Boneman. He's my best friend. Um, and he can help protect us if anything weird happens at the clock tower. What do you think?
6: So has Horace like always been a skeleton or like, was he once an alive man who then became a skeleton? And like, has he always been like a skeleton that, that you summon? Or at one point was he just a a skeleton, just an inanimate skeleton? Um, well, I don't really know. I'm still learning a lot
3: about my abilities and things and it's all a bit confusing but I'm studying a lot and what I think is I think that I have summoned a skeleton that already existed somewhere in the world and I don't know who it belonged to but I call him Horace because that's a nice name
6: Horace is a great name I think we should bring him along I mean like I've heard that like skulls are like on trend at the moment anyway so like yeah it'd be cool to be seen with someone like that I reckon
3: okay okay (laughs) Right. Um uh, maybe we'll wait until we get into the clock tower before we do it just in case. Because I've yeah. I've made that mistake. Otherwise a few everyone times. will want
6: a skeleton friend, you know? Oh, and you yeah.
3: can't just be
6: summoning skeletons for everyone.
3: I know. It's it's extremely special and important and only for like the most important occasions. I completely agree. I feel honored
6: that I get to see Horace. Oh, I'm so glad.
2: A uh, May uh if you're having, uh, fever visions, it's pretty quiet here. Maybe you ought to just take the rest of the day off.
6: Yeah, I was gonna, thanks.
2: Yeah, uh, uh,
6: all right. <laughs> Have a good afternoon. Tell everyone about the Wimville Whip, okay?
2: I am not gonna do that.
1: And you walk out of Cafe Pirelli, and, uh, you make your way over to Deafening Door, the clock tower that presides in the same building as the Harbor Council. And we're gonna cut over to Zongrof and Tor Brennan. You both are also walking through uh, I- the Ivy Lanes. Uh, you walk through Old Harbor. You're talking through the th- th- different aspects of the case, getting getting him up to speed. Tor Brennan, you hear the chimes of a bell nearby, and you look around and you see the clock face from your dream. It is Deafening Door. Um,
5: I freeze. And stare up at the clock face. Um, uh, what is the time on the clock face in this moment? The time
1: on the clock face is 11:10.
5: And as I look at this clock face, that uh, I, I assume is very clearly the clock face from my uh, uh, my vision. Yeah, you reckon? Um, which in the vision? Do I recall which hands were pointing at which numbers? So I have eleven and four, but you have eleven and four.
1: Um, roll me. Let me think about this. Roll me perception again. Yeah. Uh, at a disadvantage.
5: Fuck yeah! Love a disadvantage. That is a natural twenty. And
1: a two.
0: (laughs) Oh oh, oh,
1: no! Um, you can't. Your
5: your brain has has mangled. Disadvantage. With my level, that's a three. Sorry, Zach. Oh, oh. Well, three. Why didn't you say so? I just want you to be able to be giving the correct amount of information. The disadvantage plus level. I
1: prepped different information for a three <laughs> rather than a two, so this is handy. Um, <laughs> uh, your brain has really muddled. You you can see both the long hand at eleven and the shorthand at eleven. Likewise, the same for the four.
5: Okay, well, in my head. If eleven four was the time that this thing was gonna blow up and it's eleven ten now, it would have already blown no, up. No the,
1: the hand think it, the hand was at four. <laughs> right. Right? So 11-20. if it was the minute's hand, it would be twenty.
5: So it'll be, t- be t- oh, I see, right, sorry, yes, I'm, 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 remembering how clocks work. Uh, yes. Yeah. Please, please cut this Analog off. clocks, uh, really
1: something we're going to need to educate our Gen Z listeners on. <laughs>
5: um. Pip, you're doing it in character. I am doing it in character, I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs>
4: I mean, do I notice him freeze and stare at the clock?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> 10 seconds while he's just staring at <laughs> he a just clock. freezes uh, for
5: like 10 y- straight minutes.
4: <laughs> You're right there, new guy. Uh,.
5: <laughs> I uh, I spin around, Oh. Uh, and I I reach up and I grab kind of as close to uh, Zongruff's collar as I can, oh. and I endeavor to pull her head sort of closer down. Roll to me my... in a pose
4: opposed. De- Do you want to let this happen, Zongruff? I mean, I feel I'm taken by surprise, but I wouldn't necessarily allow this to occur.
1: Roll me an opposed dexterity check. Background and level, please.
4: Oh
5: man, I'm rolling a lot of twos. <laughs> uh,
4: I mean, I I got an eighteen.
5: <laughs> I mean, you definitely right. beat me. It doesn't.
4: Uh, so I have a dwarf just tugging at my collar. I grab onto
5: Zogros' collar and just one arm pull up myself.
4: <laughs> to... <laughs> oh,
5: I, I Hello. attempt to pull her down. It doesn't work, so I just pull myself up <laughs>
4: to, to Zogros'
5: face. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Sergeant, I have very, uh, Sergeant, I have very little time to explain this to you. I have reason to believe that something terrible is about to happen, and it involves that clock. We need to get up there, and we need to get up there now and I let go dunk back onto the ground, and I spin, <laughs> and I just charge towards the Wait, building. Great, I don't know awesome. how to get in. I don't know how you get to the clock tower. I run at the building like- While you're running away, <laughs> roll me a quick perception check. I'm good at those. With advantage. Oh, and yeah. Why? <laughs> because it's obvious and no one's trying to hide it. Uh, that is a, uh, that's, that's a natural 1 and a natural 20. Hey! Oh, oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you see a person leaving the clock, to, uh, door through the clock tower. The door is still open, and as the door is shutting, you shove your foot in, and you can get into
5: the clock tower.
4: Well, hey, wh- where are you going? You get... Where are you going? And you see
5: me disappear. I go into the clock tower.
1: I guess don't.
4: I chase after him because I guess he's my responsibility now.
1: <laughs> Great. You bolt into into the clock tower after managed to pull off the same
5: maneuver as him getting into the door. Um, if I can add if I can add one thing just on the end of that just to upset not just just to, just because I think this would upset and worry Zongroth even more as I'm charging as they get closer to the door. I think the thing that I catch the door with is not my foot. It's my sword. Um, this massive two handed. <laughs> sword, which I draw whilst running.
4: Inappropriate! This is inappropriate in the streets! <laughs> it open with
5: the sword and just, like, disappearing, and you hear, like, a battle cry as I like, go It's
4: reverberating.
1: Building. So, um, Meredith, Isadora, do me a favor, roll me perception checks, both an advantage. <laughs> Alright.
6: A 18, oh, but with sorry, perception is I know you just said it, wisdom.
1: Wisdom background level.
6: Lovely. 24, 16.
1: You both are walking towards the clock tower investigating things, and you see a dwarf draw a sword screaming, running into the clock tower, (laughs) and an orc in the harbor guard uniform run after him yelling, hey,
6: hey, you can't do that! Do I recognize that it's the orc that I served a black coffee to this morning?
1: Yeah, and uh, actually, Isadora, you recognize the orc as well. Uh, this is uh, Zongrof Gralshack member of the Harbour Guard. You have to check in with the Harbour Guard occasionally, and uh, let's just say there have been a couple incidents on the streets, those moments where you learned not to just summon skeletons yeah. willy-nilly.
3: <laughs> oh, it's... That that sergeant Sergeant Grelshak? What? Why? Why is she running after that that man with the massive sword? I don't know. And do you reckon they had
6: like scary clock <gasps> visions too? Oh my god! What if they did? What if they did? They might have done. I think we should follow okay. them. Okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Let's do
6: it. Let's do it. Okay. okay great. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Totally going in the big clock.
3: There are guided
5: tours once a week. Come on, Brennan. How about you, you filthy timepiece? <laughs> <laughs>
4: And I'm the (laughs) clock.
1: Isadora Meredith, you run into the tower, still able to get in through the unlocked door, seemingly, surprisingly.
5: Can I, can I just sidebar? Can I just (laughs) hilariously sidebar? And this is a little bit matter, but I I think that's okay, we're recording this. Like, straight up, that person who walked out is the person who did it. Like but, They've gone.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
5: they walked out. I'd that love was the them. You're... And they've gone. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> if I'd been more switched on, I'd be like, well, hang on. is that guy coming out of it. <laughs> but it's like, no, ah, oh, the tower. Amazing. <laughs> Go. So
1: Tor Brennan, you are running up the steps of the clock tower. Uh, you are getting to the clock tower room. Gralshak, Zongraf, you're desperately trying to yep. catch up with this somehow speedy dwarf. He's so short but determined. And you here ambling behind you are two young women just saying, but what if they had visions too? What if they had visions too? And climbing up after you. Torbrennan, you reach the door first to the clock tower room, uh, and Zongraf, a moment later, catch up to him. I, the door is closed.
5: Okay, I-, I wouldn't break my stride. I would kick it as hard as I can. Absolutely. Roll me strength, please. <laughs> this is a dramatic thing to do, so I feel I'm going to add my Blade of Valorous background to this for kicking a door in. Please, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, man, that's a plus eight. That's a natural 20. <gasps> uh, that's, a, that's a natural <sighs> 20, but uh, that would be 20, 28 okay. with bonuses. I, describe
1: to me running up the stairs and knocking down the door.
5: Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 doing my best to kind of take the stairs sort of two at a time, which isn't easy being a dwarf, being this height and wearing full plate armor and carrying a two-handed sword. Um, but uh, yeah. I'm 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 charging up uh I sort of come up and around around the sort of corner of the stairs and uh spy this door um and uh yeah I don't I don't break my stride my stride I kind of pull the sword in and lower my left shoulder sort of roughly at the I'm p- kind of at perfect height for the lock I feel um uh being dwarf sized and like yeah my armor the sort of polder on the shoulder is the is the thing that hits the it's the door first. Um, and I, 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 I assume with a natural 20, I just plow right the hell oh,
1: through 100%. it. 100%. That door is not built to withstand anything,
2: let alone... I just want to tell the time... Oh, oh!
5: sorry can i just get can i just get a confirm from the from the dm that that isn't actually happening (laughs) that's not really happening (laughs) so you (laughs)
1: burst that door open that door splinters into a thousand million pieces this is no longer a functional blocking this is merely a portal now into another room. You see the grand bell chamber before you uh, of the New Harbor Clock Tower, and Deafening Door, the bell for which the tower is named, hangs ominously above your head. And you feel the shrill, piercing ring of something distinctly magical thrumming around you, but you see nothing. And behind you, Zongroff arrives, and a couple seconds later, so do Isadora and Meredith. I mean, Meredith. I will
4: obviously immediately try and grab Tor Bredin, who has just <laughs> had a full snap and and <laughs> destroyed public property as far as I'm concerned. I just grab his shoulders. What? What?
5: what? Sergeant, please. There's, there, is, there is method to this. So, something up here is not right. Like, take a second for yourself and tell me you don't feel that. Roll me a
1: perception check, uh, Zongrof. And actually, everyone else. So
6: 25 from yeah, me. 22.
3: Nine from me.
1: Meredith and Zongroth, both of you wait for a moment, pause, and yeah, you feel this shrill, dark, magical energy ringing.
4: Can I hear any ticking?
1: You hear the ticking of the clock tower. And what was your perception? Uh,
5: 22, uh, I think. 20, 22, well, it was yeah. 22. Let's... And
1: you hear the t- of something else, something a little bit smaller.
4: Ah. Hmm.
5: I understand that you are upset. This is a door, um, and can be replaced. There is something else happening here, uh, and I suggest we discover what it is. Uh, uh, hello, um, I say, seeing these two young women who've just arrived.
6: Hi, um… Did you guys have like I mean sorry, this is really forward and personal, but like did did you have like weird clock visions and dreams? Oh my god, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? Sorry, what the Isadora? What do you Oh oh yeah, um sorry, Sergeant,
3: uh I I yeah. I just um came with came with this this lovely lady here, because... Oh, I'm oh, Merida. I'm Isadora. Sorry. We, like, we went straight to, like, the super, Me. like, strong friendship dream sister thing. the best friend. Well, hang, hang on a second, hang on.
4: Visions, you said something about... Sorry, you said something about visions and the clock.
5: Oh, Sergeant, it's, it's clear you had them too, didn't you? Uh, of course you did. Of course you did. Here we are, the four of us. It makes... Perfect sense, and I, I am very excited to, to, to dig into this, but if you all had the same vision as me, there's a good chance we're all about to die. So, let's find out from, uh, from wherever it is that that um, rather unpleasant magical sensation is coming from, shall we? Yeah. A little light, and uh, uh, perhaps you could put your um, uh, prodigious investigative skills uh, to, to the test. Uh, Officer Zongroff, how does that sound?
4: Yeah, yeah, Zongroff is just very shocked at everything that's just happened in the last 30 seconds, but yeah, yeah, no, so, something bad, something bad I'll is gonna
5: happen. Pa- I'll, I'll, I'll pat Zongroff kind of on on the back and just police work first and freak out later.
4: I just nod, just yeah, nod and start investigating because that's that's what autopilot looks like. Yep.
1: Absolutely. Everyone, roll me an a perception check. Yep. Maddie, roll with an advantage,
5: please. Alrighty. Can I game something here a little bit? What's the light level mm-hmm. like in this room?
1: Um, there's light from outside. It's pretty pretty light. It's well yeah. lit. Okay, not to worry. Yeah.
3: I rolled an eleven. I got a dirty 20.
5: This D this 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 D20 uh, apparently only rolls twos. <laughs> so, we're going to put that one in the naughty D20 jail.
4: I rolled a 22
5: again.
1: You all start looking around the room. Tor Brennan, you become you look up at the bell and you kind of start to convince yourself that the bell is definitely where the sound is coming from. Probably you can hear like some like reverberations off the metal or something, but you're like definitely sure. It's probably the bell. Meredith, you are just looking in corners. Like there's something hidden somewhere. Uh, but you don't find anything. zongroth you turn on that familiar panic police ear. You start like, you're not even like looking, you're like listening more, and like you're kind of echolocating this thing, and you, your foot actually finds it first. You stub your toe against something, and you can feel a magical zap push you back.
4: There, there's something here.
1: Isadora, would you like to touch it?
3: Um, yes.
1: Isadora, you push your hand against what seems to be nothing, and then suddenly... <laughs> The spell dissipates and you see the shape of a sharp and brutal machine come into focus. Without a moment's hesitation, the machine jumps to life. Seemingly aware of its detection, metal slides against metal as two figures unfurl from the machinery and prepare to strike. Roll initiative. (gasps) What is this mysterious machine? How does it relate to these ethereal visions? And can our heroes defeat these automatons? All this and more in the next episode of Realms of Peril and Glory. See you next time. <laughs>
4: ba ba I theme
1: team, theme team, theme team. <laughs> theme team, theme team, theme team. <laughs> <laughs> That's the theme team, right? So, Maddie, can you let everyone know where they can find you?
3: Um, you can find me on Twitter at Maddie underscore abstract. And on my Twitter, there are various links to other stuff that I do, including my old um, fantasy comedy podcast, The Prick Willow Papers, and stuff that I do for Rusty Quill, like Stella Furman, and Inexplicable.
6: So, check it out check it out laura what about you uh people can find me on instagram twitter and tiktok under the handle at by i also have an etsy shop where i sell handmade jewelry accessories and illustrated greetings cards and prints and that is by and i'd love for you to have a look
2: james where can people find you uh, I can be found on Twitter at uh, Barbarasaphone and um, also check out um, the Christmas special of You Awaken in a Strange Place, uh, which will be on the RPG feed um, at, around Christmas time um, <laughs> 2021. Pip! <laughs> Is there anywhere people can find you? I don't think there is, but yes, in fact there
5: is. I can be found beyond the veil of secrets in the castle of the night. The old troll knows the way, but you must answer his riddles three. Um, no, not really. Um, uh, check out wooden overcoats. I'm in that, uh, and uh, yeah, some other stuff. The names of which I've forgotten. And uh, you know, you, you ever, you know, listen to some podcasts, and then like yeah. one time out of fifty, someone at the end of it will say. Featuring the voice of Pip Gladwin, you go. Oh, I know that guy. He's that dwarf in that show. So uh, yeah, great. And Liz, where can people find you?
4: Um, you can find me on socials at Liz X Campbell. That's Liz, the letter X, and then my surname. Uh, and uh, when I do stuff I uh, will post it on my Twitter great so follow that
1: follow that Uh, you can find myself personally at ZachFG on Twitter and Instagram you can follow Realms of Peril and Glory across all social media platforms at RealmsPod uh you can go to our patreon patreon.com slash light and tragic to get bonus shows ad free listening our patreon exclusive uh show game thing uh the witch is dead that liz is also in that's coming out this october um and then you can check out uh, james and i's other show the orphans uh and you can also get our merch uh at the link in the description thank you guys so much for tuning in goodbye Goodbye,
0: everyone!